Thanks for listening to a YPC podcast. We believe God wants to do so much for you and through you, and we'd love to hear about it. Take a second to send your story to office at ypcprior.com and enjoy the message today. Come on, church merch. I like it. Church merch. We've done church merch before, but we've kind of just given it away in the times past. This is the first time we're actually making it available to purchase, and uh, all the proceeds will go back to fuel and fund the vision of Your Place Church, so we're super excited about that. And uh, a couple of things I wanted to bring you up uh, up to speed on. Obviously, we are here today. We're, we, just, we decided to meet today in, in, in light of everything that's going on, and we've also decided to continue programming and continue planning that we're going to meet in the future. And that, any of that changes, then I'm sure that the representatives that govern our state will let us know. But as for us, we're planning on going on. Amen, everyone. And so I'll say this. Yeah, you can clap at that. Amen. Praise God. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. In fact, I just wanted to, I just wanted to tell you about what we are planning. Uh, in a few weeks, on March the 29th, we're going to have a grand reveal here at Your Place Church. We're not really doing a grand opening for the new building because we still have phase two that we want to get done before we do a grand opening, so we're calling this the Grand Reveal. And so we're inviting the public here, and so uh, we're getting ready for that on that. By the way, did everybody, did you guys enjoy the furniture out there? Yeah, amen. It's happening, it's happening. And so the furniture's there. We've actually got the individual who's gonna lay the floor. They've got us on the schedule. The floor we have purchased, so we know what we're doing up there. It's just a matter of the, the timing, but it'll be done before the Grand Reveal. And so the merch drop happens at the Grand Reveal. The Topeka Your Place Church Blend will come out. You guys can purchase the Your Place Church Blend coffee, which is going to be super. It's going to be an anointed cup of coffee every single morning. Amen, guys. Every single morning. You're going to be like, mm, I just like this coffee. I don't know what it is. Well, it's the Your Place Church Blend. Amen. So that's happening on March 29th. Plus, I got a special decision. Or decision. Special, uh, a special announcement that weekend that I'm going to share with you guys that we're super excited about. And then Easter is coming. And so we're getting ready for Easter. Uh, we're expecting all kinds of people to show up for our Easter experience. We know that there's a lot of people who worship at Your Place Church. And again, I said this last week, we may only see some of them a couple of times a month because of work schedules and things like that. But for whatever reason, everybody gets off for Easter. And so in an effort to be able to accommodate all the crowds on Easter, we're actually going to have four services on Easter. We did the same service schedule last year. We did an 830. So all my 930 people that were here last service, they were like, yes, they like that early service. You 1130 people are like, go get them. <laughs> you knew that. <laughs> I'm going to sleep in, right? So, but what I actually need you guys to consider is we're going to have an 830 and then we're going to have a 10 a.m. And so what would be really great is about half of you guys chose on Easter to come to the 10 a.m. service because that'll create some space in our most likely to attend service, which is our 1130 service. Um, and that'll kind of give us some room. And then we're going to have a one o'clock. So an 830, 10 o'clock, 1130 and one o'clock is our service times for Easter. And then if you've been worshiping with us over the last few years, you know that typically we go back to what we would consider our normal service schedule after Easter. And we're doing that. We're going back to three services. But our service times are going to stay 8.30, 10 o'clock, 
and 11.30. So we're gonna, we're gonna cut, if you will, we're gonna move that one o'clock service to 8.30 in the morning because it seems as though the, the public is speaking. They're like, we would rather come to an earlier service than a later service. And so after Easter, look at your neighbor and say after. After Easter, right? After Easter, not before Easter. After Easter, our new service times are going to be 8.30, 10, and 11.30. And so we expect that um, more people will worship at your place, church, because it just fits easier into the rhythm of their schedule. And uh, we want to be as um, conducive to people, the most people as we can. So this is, this is what we're doing, and we're believing that the Lord is behind it, and we're excited for it. And I just want to take a second today, and I want to talk about some stuff. I want you to lean in to my message today. If you saw my video on, on social media last week saying that we will have services, uh, and I, I said that I was going to address some things going on in our world today. And I find it interesting, we decided to do the book of James last December. And we decided then that we were going to start in January. We had no idea, remember, you guys that have been with us for this long, you, you remember me saying this. We had no idea how long it was gonna last. We had no idea how long the Lord wanted it to go through. We didn't know how many services were gonna fall out of just our Bible study. But here we are in James chapter four in probably one of the most volatile climates that we have seen in our country for decades. And James just happens, we just happen to be in James chapter four during this. And I know there's many churches, um, primarily in the metro areas, that have been encouraged to move to an online service. So they're not canceling service, they're just moving to online experiences. And we understand that. I think the large portion of them are wanting to just uh, keep their relationship with their local and city governments in the place it is. And so we respect them for that. But we made the decision last week to go ahead and have our live worship experience this weekend, knowing full well that our attendance may, may fluctuate as a result of what's going on. In fact, some of you guys that are here today, like you're like, I don't know if I'm supposed to be here or not. This is a gathering. What are we doing? I appreciate you being here because it's a lot easier to preach to a full room than it is an empty room. Amen. So thank you. Thank you. But listen, if you are joining us online and you made the decision to worship from home, I just want to look into the camera and welcome you as well. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in today. We're excited that you're with us. Uh, we believe that the word of God can reach you right there in your homes. Or maybe if you're listening to the podcast, we believe that God has a plan for all of us this weekend. Amen, everyone. So we're, gonna, we're just going to jump right back into it. Last week, we were in James chapter 4. I read out of verse 6, but it, he gives us more grace. That is why scripture says God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. We talked about pride and humility last week, and it was a great, great service. I mean, a lot of people caught me afterwards and was like, Pastor, you preached right to me this week. I had no idea I was a prideful person, but apparently I'm prideful. You know what I mean? And, uh, listen, we all raised our hands last week. There are areas that the Lord is dealing in my own self um, that, uh, that are prideful issues and that he's, uh, he's dealing with. Um, but verse 7 goes on to say, Submit yourselves then to God, Resist the devil, 
and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. And today, again, in the midst of everything that just seems to heat, it, heat up over the last few days, I want to I hone in on this part of the scripture. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Now, I don't know about you, but when I was growing up and learning about God, learning about the devil, I thought that the devil was the opposite to God. You know, in other words, just as God is all powerful, the devil was like the equal powerful, but for darkness, right? He was, you know, the whole yin and the yang thing, like the devil was the yang to God's, I don't know, whatever it is, you know what I mean? I thought that they were equal, but that's exactly what the devil wants us to think. Because no one is going to contend that God is all-powerful. Like, we all agree with that. But if the devil can get us to believe that he is just as powerful as God, but on the evil spectrum, in the negative way, he still wins. Make no mistake about it, friends. The devil has no power. Amen? He has no power. And I'm, I'm just going to tell you, in light of what's going on in our country, and although I respect our president and uh, even some organizational leaders, their decisions to um, cancel some events, to limit contact, I understand that what they're trying to do is they're trying to get ahead of what could be a pandemic, right? They're trying to get ahead of some stuff, and so they're trying to head it off at the pass, and I, I fully respect that. But make no mistake about it. I still feel like this is a huge media-driven panic, and the media is driving this. You know, and I don't know where you are with all of this stuff, um, but you go back and you look at some of the other, if you want to talk about viruses or, you know, flus or whatever it is that has, that has rocked our nation. Like this one in comparison is so small compared to some of the others who were infected and like even died from it. And so I'm like, what is really going on? Like what is the enemy trying to do here? What is he trying to stop as our nation moves towards Easter, as the, as the world moves towards what I feel like is a revival coming on, the, on our continent? What can he do to kind of stir it up? That's what I'm asking myself. You know, I saw this one meme on Facebook. Um, I've been on Facebook a little bit more here lately because we've got some stuff on Marketplace, and I saw this. And it was, for those of you who are familiar with Scooby-Doo, and uh, it was, you know, uh, if, you, if you're familiar with the cartoon, it was Freddy from Scooby-Doo. And he had the villain tied up, you know, like this, because, you know, they always caught the bad guy at the end. And he always says, well, let's see who's behind the mask of this monster. And he pulls the mask off, right? Well, the, the monster was the coronavirus. And then he pulls the mask off, and it's all the media giants that are out there. It's like, who's behind this, right? And it, but I believe that, guys. I actually do. Now... Listening to some of the healthcare professionals, they say the same thing. They're all saying the same thing. Just be smart. Like, wash your hands. If there's one good that has come out of this, 
people are washing their hands, right? It's like, yes, thank you. Wash your hands. If you want to limit contact with people, great. Elbow, peace sign, stop licking doorknobs, all right? Don't lick doorknobs, don't lick handrails, like be smart. If you have a temperature, if you're showing some signs of some symptoms, stay home. Like, it's okay, we understand that. But make no mistake behind, uh, make no mistake about it, I believe that the devil is behind this thing. Have you ever seen The Wizard of Oz? Some of you guys have seen The Wizard of Oz. I think the devil is like the great and powerful Oz. Like, so here comes Dorothy skipping up the yellow brick road. I look more like I'm skiing. You know what I mean? I don't look like I, I guess I could, you know, whatever, okay? She's skipping up the yellow brick road all over the, you know, the, the, the tin man, the scarecrow, you know, like they're all there, right? And they get an audience with the great and powerful Oz, like, right? You're like, be scared and smoke and lights and this, this big head shows up and it's like, who dare you come into the presence of the great and powerful Oz, right? And about that time, Toto runs over to the corner where there's a curtain, and he pulls the curtain back, and here's this little man controlling everything, right? And he's like, uh, uh, pay no attention to that man behind the curtain, right? He's nothing. You bow before the great and power, you know. It's the same thing with the devil. Are you with me, friends? He's just a little man behind a curtain blowing a lot of smoke and trying to get a lot of people in fear. And we have a responsibility as a community of believers. You know, I heard an old-time man of God say this, when the, when the world thinks it's in chaos, they need the church to stand up confidently. And that's what we're doing. It's not just the preacher. It's not just the worship team. It's the church. They need the church to stand up and be confident. And here's what I've realized over the last few weeks. When life is business as usual, in other words, rewind the tape about six weeks before all this started getting stirred up. When life is business as usual, those of us who call ourselves believers will tell you, and we're standing on the Word of God. We're learning some stuff in church. We're praying and believing for salvations and miracles. And yeah! But then something like this happens. This is the moment that we make the decision. Do we really believe in what the Word of God says? It's in situations like this that we have to draw a line in the sand and say... Do we actually believe that the Word of God is true? Because this is so small in comparison to what has happened in church history. You know, you see things about the, you know, the bubonic plague and different things that has, you know, reaped our globe in times gone by. And it's been in those seasons that men and women of God have had to stand up look themselves in the mirror and say, do I actually believe the word? Or is it just the, you know, the, the popular thing to do? I want to talk about recognizing and resisting the devil this week based upon James chapter 4. Will you pray with me? Father, we love you. 
We worship you. And Father, I'm praying for utterance today. Lord, I'm not just here angry. I'm not here disappointed. I'm here as your voice, as one who you've given the privilege to lead a group of people. I'm here, Father God, to be your mouthpiece. Father God, to show the word of God. But Lord, we want you to reveal things to us. We want you to show us how this applies to our everyday lives, Father God, and show us what our appropriate action steps are in the midst of what's going on in our nation. Father, I thank you for the Holy Spirit that you would lead us and guide us today. In Jesus' name, amen. So it was probably last December or so. Um, we were in a season, um, more specifically Tyra, uh, she was in this season where she was recognizing the results of living in a fallen world. I mean, we live in a fallen world, make no mistake about it. But she was pondering the fact that it seems as though there are some things that happen to some people, but it's like other people just have a tendency to fly over it. You know what I mean? Pandemonium can be going on in some, some people, but for whatever reason, other people, they just kind of fly. It's almost like nothing happens to them, or if it does happen to them, they respond differently than anybody else. And so she was, she was praying about this. She was recognizing this. And then it was a couple of days later, she was still kind of praying and looking into the word. And the Lord woke her up in the middle of the night. And she just had this impression that she needed to read her Bible. And so not wanting to wake me up, she just kind of grabbed her mobile device and turned it on and opened her Bible app. And her Bible app just happened to open to Psalm 91, which I know we're getting a lot of Psalm 91 traffic right now on social media, which is great. Read it. It's good. But the particular version that she opened up was the NET, which is the New English Translation. That's just, that's just what opened up. And as she started reading Psalm 91, verse 1, out of the NET, it said these three words, as for you, as for you, and she said she didn't even have to read on, like why does some things happen to some people but not others, like what's the connecting point there? And then as the Lord wakes her up in the middle of the night, brings her to Psalms 91 out of the NET version, as for you, the Bible says, the one who lives in the shelter of the sovereign one and resides in the protective shadow of the almighty king. Like it goes on. But she didn't even have to finish reading it because she got her answer. As for you. Now I'm going to read Psalm 91 today because I feel like it's a good, like especially in the climate that we live in, I think it's good. And some of you don't know the context of Psalm 91. A lot, of, a lot of people don't even know who the writer is. Well, most scholars suggest that because Moses wrote Psalm 90, that he wrote Psalm 91 as well. He, he titles Psalm 90, but in Psalm 91, they think that he probably wrote that as well. But listen to the words, because the words apply to you today. Let this be the voice of the Lord for you. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, 
He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare. That's a trap. And from the deadly pestilence. Read this in context of what we're going through right now. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings. You, you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. Verse 7 says, A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand. Right here is, is specifically referring to a plague that had struck the land at the time. And there was a plague going through the land and, and God's speaking to it. You know what? He's not denying the fact that these things have happened, are happening, and will likely happen in the future. But what he's saying is, as for you, as for you, are you with me, friends? As for you, it will not come near you. This is the moment, friends, when we either believe the word of God or we don't. This is the moment where we are going to stand on the word of God or we're not. As for you. Yes, there is a plague in the streets and in the airports and in the cruise ships. And yes, Woody does have coronavirus or Captain Phillips or Forrest Gump or whoever you want to say, right? Yes, it's true. It, it, it does. He does have it, right? But the word does not deny the fact that it's going to happen. But as for you, this is where the word of God gets really personal. It will not come near you. Verse 8. Only, or you will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. <gasps> Are you saying Woody's evil? I knew Disney was behind the coronavirus, right? You're like, come on, right? No, that's not what it's talking about. It's talking about during that season, right? The evil, there was punishment because of evil actions. But make no mistake about it, the word of God still applies today. Protection belongs to you, verse 9, if, if you say. Now, don't read past the word of God. Listen to every single word. James, this is why James is saying, listen, you got to resist that devil. You got to resist that devil. The primary way that we as believers in the word of God, in believers of God, in those who have given our lives to Jesus Christ, the primary way we stand on the word is by believing what it says and letting it out of our mouths. That's how things happen. That's how we stand. That's how we resist. Well, if I say that I, I won't get these things or these things won't happen and then they do, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm doing God a, a, a disfavor or I, I feel like the, I'm making the word of God not work or something. Listen to me. The word of God is big enough 
to stand on its own without your experience involved. The Word of God is not going to lose its strength, is not going to lose its power because you do or don't have a positive experience with it. Listen to the Word of God. Stand on the Word of God. Who do you think benefits the most by you being silent right now? The devil. By you not taking a stand because, well, I don't know, what if it don't work? The person who benefits the most is probably the one who's whispering in your ear, you better not take a stand. You better not, whoa, what if it doesn't work? No, no, you take a stand. You stand on the Word of God and you let that Word of God out of your mouth. Are you with me, friends? If you say, the Lord is my refuge, and you make the Most High your dwelling, no harm will overtake you. Am I reading from the Word of God? Can He lie? No harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent. It's not saying it's not going to come. He's saying it's just not going to come near your tent. If you let the word of God out of your mouth. If you take a stand. If you resist the devil. What happens if you don't resist the devil? He's going to come. And I'm not, I'm not here to strike fear. I'm just reading the word of God to you. Amen, friends? They, uh, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that they, you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the cobra, and you will trample the great lion and the serpent. Verse 14, because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him. For he acknowledges my name, Scripture says. For, listen, he will call on me. We get vocal. He will call on me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him, and I will honor him. Look at verse 16. A vast majority of the world does not believe this scripture. With long life, with long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Well, brother, we just don't know how long we have on the earth. I have chapter and verse that says, with long life, God will satisfy me and show me his salvation. Amen, friends? Do we believe the word of God or not? And again, I get it. This is Old Testament, but we still, like, it still stands. But we live under a better and new covenant. Jesus, when he came to the earth and paid the ultimate sacrifice for us, not only did he guarantee us salvation and eternity with him, but he guaranteed us so much more. In fact, Matthew chapter 10, verse 1, Jesus called his, his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority. He gave them authority. Not just Jesus. Not just the Son of God, who, by the way, walked the earth as a man, left all of his deity in heaven, had to, had to come and learn the same things you and I had to learn, gave them authority 
to drive out impure spirits and to heal most diseases and sicknesses. Is that what your word says? What does your word say? Every, every disease and sickness. Are we going to stand and believe on the word of God or not? King James says he gave us power. But that word power is translated deutimus. In this particular scripture, the word is ecclesia or ecclesia. I guess it doesn't matter how you pronounce it. Do you know what it means? That word means authority. It's different. You can have power, but no authority, and it'll do you no good. You could have a big old tank and just launch this massive rocket off of it, but if you don't have the authority to push the button, you can't do anything with it. You gotta have power and authority. Jesus came to give us both. You have power and you have authority to push the button in your world. Are you with me, friends? Jesus is stirring us up. We need both. You have to have the authority to use the power, and we do. He gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness, regardless if it's contagious, regardless if it's hereditary or self-inflicted. If it falls under the title sickness, disease, illness, bacteria, infection, Jesus gave you authority to deal with it. The question is, are we? Are we standing in our authority? People hear coronavirus and they go, ooh. <laughs> when they hear cancer, they go, ooh. Why? Because there have been people who, those sicknesses and diseases have won. People, listen to me, let me pastor you. People are the ones who have made the word of God without effect, not God. Your experience, neither positive or negative, has the power to change the word of God. You cannot change the word of God based upon your experience, for grandma's experience, your aunt Betty's experience, your friend at work. Their experience does not change the Word of God. The Word of God stands. And for every negative experience that someone has had, I can tell you 10 positive ones. God's Word works. Amen, friends? It'd be like me giving you a high-powered rifle, telling you, you know, put, dropping you in the woods, and here comes a grizzly bear, bear and you have a high-powered rifle, but I tell you, don't fire that now. Like, why would God do that? Why would God give you a high-powered rifle and the means to shoot it but tell you not to shoot it? Trust me, if I'm in the woods and I have a high-powered rifle, whether I've shot it once or not, there's a charging bear coming at me. We're going to see what this thing does. You know what I mean? <laughs> Boom! <laughs> Boom! Right? Like, that's just what... Why? Because I would rather trust the power and authority than the fact that that bear is going to eat me. Why did God give us authority? Can disease rule over us? No. Because the works that Jesus said, the works that I do, greater works than these will you do because I go to the head, my father, right? Does this make sense, friends? 
I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you. The devil is all about watering down the word of God and striking fear into people. The only weapon the devil has is fear. Think about it. Medical professionals are telling us that it's basically like I had one of our nurses first service and catch me out in the foyer. And they're like, Darian, I don't know why we're making such a big deal over this. We actually have more protocols with the flu. Like people, like we're having greater concerns with the flu than we are this virus. Now, the virus is bad. Make no mistake about it. But the, the negative side effects of some of the strands of flu that are out there are far worse. But because the, the, the world is in a panic, then all of a sudden, the economy is, is juggling a little bit. All of a sudden, things are wavering. This is why James is encouraging us as a body of believers to resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. And I think by and large, most of us aren't necessarily afraid of the virus as much as we're afraid of what the virus is gonna do. What if, I, what if they close down my place of employment? What if, what if gas prices are affected? What, what, what about my quality of life? Like, we're more nervous about that kind of stuff than the virus, some of us. Can I just speak to you? The same God that's going to protect you from the virus is going to, is going to save you. He's going to provide for you. You will, go, you will get through this. This, too, will pass. Amen, friends? If you believe God, fear is the root. And I think people get into two different ditches when we start talking about the enemy here. There's the one ditch that says there is no devil and he doesn't really do anything. The other ditch says there's a devil under every bush. It's all based in fear. All of it is based in fear. Jesus came so you could put your faith in something that stands. In Mark chapter 1, verse 21, they went to Capernaum. And when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed, the Bible says. King James says, astonished. They were astonished at his teaching because he taught them as one who has authority, the Bible says, not as the teachers of the law. In other words, they were astonished at the way that Jesus just stood up and he just drew lines in the sand and said, this is truth. The devil has tried to challenge what truth is. If he can get you to not even agree, well, I don't know if that's what the Bible really says or not. That's what the Bible says. If he can get you doubting the one tool that we have, he wins. So I'm challenging all of our weekend services to not let fear move you. To recognize what's really going on. Yes, be smart. Yes, wash your hands. Yes, be mindful. But do not let it change you. Fear is the root. There is more, listen, there is more power in God's little finger than, than we've ever seen before. I can imagine God sitting up on the throne, right? Angels are swarming the heavens 
and God just to prove himself would just go like this, just go. 25 angels slam against the wall. You know what I mean? It's like, wow, God, that was awesome. Do it again. You know what I mean? He's got more power in his little finger than we will ever need and you have access to. In fact, the Bible says that when he raised Christ from the dead, he didn't even get up off of his throne. The Bible says he flexed his arm and the power in his arm raised Christ from the dead. It wasn't raising one person like Lazarus from the dead. That's just a finger twitch for God. But when he raised Jesus from the dead, he raised all of us with him for all eternity. And the Bible says he had to flex his arm for that. He didn't have to get off of his throne. Can you imagine what's available to God with both arms? Like, oh my gosh. If he even actually had to get up off of his throne and do something and like use all of his body, right? Use all of his strength. I, I can remember being little and swimming in the lake and it was time to leave and my dad would reach down, grab us by the life jacket and pluck us out of the water and put us in the boat. It's just like, whoosh, we'd jump back in the water just so he'd do it again. You know what I mean? But he just, it's just, but, but my dad would use his whole body to get us out of the water. God flexed his arm to raise all of humanity. You have more power available than you realize. Are you with me? See it. As for you. As for you. So when your kids come home and they're freaking out, you tell them, listen, this stuff was going to happen. The Bible says it would. But as for you, as for you, it's not going to happen to you. You get these kids recognizing who they are in Christ, and they will walk around. As for me, it ain't going to happen to me because they'll know who they are. This is why Jesus points to childlike faith. You tell a kid, they're going to believe it. And you know what? They'll see it happen. As for you, friends. As for you, stand on the word of God. Let it out of your mouth and don't let this thing rule you. Father, we love you and we thank you for your word. And Father, I thank you that the word of God says that as for us, no harm will come near us. Father, we stand on your word. Father God, I pray that your word and your word alone and your presence is what's stirring us up today. God, God, it's in times like this that we make a decision. We either believe this or we don't, and we choose to believe in Jesus' name. You have been listening to a YPC podcast. Visit our website at ypcprior.com to hear more.